In Psalm 23, David said, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What does that mean? Well, to me, it always means the scriptures comfort me. The scriptures keep me on the highway of God. The scriptures, when I start to veer off the wrong way, the scriptures pull me back. They are like signboards along the way which tell me what to do and keep me on God's highway. Now, to me, that's that's the key. But, of course, I'm born again and have the Spirit of God reminding me of the scriptures which keep me on the highway. So it's actually the Spirit of God that's keeping me on God's highway, pulling me back when I start to go the wrong way, showing me the right way to go. I said to Pam Paget one day recently, um, I said, what does that mean to you, that thy rod and thy staff? What do you think that is? And she says, well, those shepherds had a kind of a cane-looking rod with a hook on the end of it, and I saw it immediately. The sheep starts to leave the flock, starts to go off by itself. The shepherd reaches out with that hook and drags that sheep back to the flock because the lion is out there, and he's just waiting for that sheep to stray off the highway, and then he will eat him. Well, to me, this is all symbolic because it's the Holy Spirit that we're kept by. God uses the Holy Spirit to keep us by reminding us of the Word of God or concepts of God or dreams that God has given us. God keeps us by His Spirit. And I think about it this way. You shepherd out there and you're hungry, thirsty, and tired. And that dumb, stupid sheep starts wandering away from the flock or the word of God. And so you are going to have to get him back. And you reach out with your hook and you say, get back here, you dumb, stupid sheep. But really, it's the Holy Spirit that keeps us and brings us back. And he does it by the word of God. But it's all symbolic on this shepherd thing. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. A few years ago, a friend of mine sent me a birthday card, and in that birthday card, she put a note telling me all the things that she was doing with her husband and with her daughter and her son and her grandchildren and the plans she had for the upcoming holidays. Well, I had no husband or children or grandchildren, and I had no plans whatsoever for the upcoming holidays. But the Holy Spirit instantly brought to my mind, you are dead, and your life is hid. They can't see your life. It looks like you have no life. But your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then you will also appear with him. You have a life. They just can't see it. It's hid with Christ. That's a scripture in Colossians 3. If the Holy Spirit had not brought that to my mind, I think I would have been a little depressed at Shirley's note that was in her birthday card because I didn't have the things she had. But the Holy Spirit, who is the comforter who lives in us, 
He's the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of God living in us. He helps us. He comforts us. He brings things to our mind to show us what to do. He brings things in our mind to show us truth, God's truth. Colossians chapter 3. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. The Holy Spirit in us, who is the Comforter, in that case he comforted me without me even having to ask for help. Sometimes you're troubled and you, ha- you cry out to God, help me. And God will, by the Holy Spirit, remind you of something. A scripture, a situation, an experience, a concept. For the Holy Spirit is the comforter. And the Holy Spirit is also the spirit of truth. Let's look at two scriptures on this subject. John chapter 14, verse 26. Jesus says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Another scripture is in John chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus says, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Four things that the Holy Spirit does for us. The Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. He reminds us of everything Jesus has said to us. He teaches us all things. He shows us things to come. Paul talked extensively about the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Start at verse one and I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. In other words, he's saying, you've already been perfected by God, by your Spirit, and we're speaking to you. 
In verse 9, Paul says, But as is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. Paul is saying, they used to say that I has not seen the things that God will do. But God has revealed them to us by his Spirit. In the Old Testament days, only the prophets had the Spirit of God. The people didn't have the Spirit of God. They had to go to a prophet to find out what the will of God was. But that's not the case in the New Testament. Because in the New Testament, all who are born again have the Spirit of God in them. Therefore, they know the will of God by that which the Spirit of God shows them. Verse 10, But God hath revealed these things that are of God unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches the heart of God. He searches the heart of God to show us the things that are of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God which things we also speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Therefore, Jesus says you must be born again or you can't see the kingdom of God. You won't be able to recognize spiritual things unless you are born again. You can tell if you're born again because God changed you from the person you once were. Completely changed you. You didn't learn to be changed. He changed you. You kept learning after you were changed. Then you could see things of God. But the initial change came by God, not by yourself. It wasn't by going out and studying and learning with your mind as you would do in a secular subject. You were instantly changed by God. It was exactly like Paul. The Apostle Paul was called Saul before this change happened. Then he was called Paul. Acts chapter 9, verse 1. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven. 
And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. See, Paul didn't learn anything to cause this to happen. It happened because it was the will of God. He was one of the elect of God. Just as we are the elect of God who have been born again, who've had this type of change, God simply changed us. I've had several people tell me this same story. One young man said he went out onto his porch and something happened. He said, something happened to me. He said, I I didn't think much about it at the time, but something happened. A woman in our church group was speaking of her mother, and her mother had been a Baptist all her life. But one day she started down into the basement of her house and something happened. And she was changed. And at that point, born again. She didn't do anything to cause this to happen. There's a charming story of uh, Pam Paget's great aunt, uh, Edith, I think, or Ethel. Anyway, this great aunt, they had a family reunion. And she got up and said, Oh, she said, something's happened to me. I'm born again. Well, she was in her 80s at that time. Pam was sitting beside the eldest daughter who said, Mother's always been a Christian. She said, I don't know why she is talking this way. Recently, she just began talking this way. But she's always been a Christian. No one has always been a Christian. She said, Mother has always done everything at church. She said she had cleaned the church. She always did anything that needed to be done. And now she's doing this talking, saying she's now born again. She thought she was born again, but now she is born again. She said, I don't know why she's talking this way. My cousin, Church of Christ member, once said to me, Well... I believe you are a Christian. I just don't know how you can be one. (laughs) She didn't understand being born again. Those who are born again understand. It's not something of ourselves that we do. It's the will of God. It's done by God. Read Romans 9 sometime. Paul tells about it. Let's look at Acts 26 for a second. This is another accounting that Paul gives of the experience he had on the road to Damascus. Now, this is a little more extensive accounting. 
He is talking with King Agrippa. Verse 4, Paul says, My manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among mine own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify that after the most strictest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers, for they had put Paul in prison. Why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which things I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest. And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. And I punished them oft in every synagogue, and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. Whereupon, as I went to Damascus, with authority and commission from the chief priest. At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven, above the brightness of the sun, shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, Why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in the which I will appear to thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom I now send thee to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive the forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Paul was instantly changed by God because it was the will of God. We are instantly changed by God when he causes us to be born again, and it's not by our will or anything we've learned. It's simply the will of God. And he changed us without us doing anything. Then, after we're changed, born again, of course we learn from the Bible. We're now able to see things of God because we're born again and we have the Spirit of God to teach us. So, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. If you aren't changed, have not been changed from the person you once were, you're not born again. 
You can't be born again by your own will. It's strictly the mercy of God. And you would have to just fall down on your knees if you're not born again and say, please help me, God. Please help me. Begging God to have mercy on you. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.